0: Welcome to episode 76 of the Luke Winstall Show. My next guest is a current New Orleans Saints wide receiver, Super Bowl 50 champion, and the man who caught Peyton Manning's last NFL pass, Benny Fowler. Thank you for joining me on the show. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing very good. I just want to thank you for having me, especially during this time. You know, this is a great time to just talk and spread some positivity, some love, and I just want to say thank you for having me.
0: Most definitely. I'm excited to talk with you about your story and where you've come from. So we'll start at the very beginning. How did you get into playing football?
1: Well, I played a little bit as a youngster when I was around eight. And then I think I played my last year of Little League, maybe when I was 10. I, I skipped a year in between that. And then I stopped playing. I wanted to play. I wanted to be a professional basketball player. I wanted to be just like Kobe Bryant my favorite athlete, the athlete I looked up to as a kid and as an adult. So I wanted to play basketball. And my mom, going into uh, going into my junior year, my mom recommended that I go out for the football team and use my speed somewhere else besides track and on the basketball course. She was like, you should you got to use your speed somewhere else. You should go back out and play football. So that's what I did, and I had the help of a guy by the name of Jonas Gray who won a Super Bowl with the New England Patriots, and went to play at notre dame from my high school and then kenny dimmons who played at michigan and played for the arizona corners for a little bit those guys convinced me to go out for the team and i had a little bit of success coming out of or coming in and playing in high school but not the success that i wanted i actually got hurt i broke my collarbone and i told my mom and the football coach at the time this is why I didn't want to play look look at me now look I got hurt <clears throat> and I end up scoring the game winning touchdown my in the semi-final in my junior year and leading us to the state championship and then <clears throat> I got some scholarship offers that year and then I was like this football thing might not be so bad after all
0: yeah I understand you were also a big-time basketball player growing up you're in a pretty unique position, I think, playing AAU basketball with Draymond Green and playing with Jordan Doomers, whose father was the president of the Pistons. So, how did you get into all of that, and what was your basketball background like growing up?
1: I just loved basketball. I loved the sport, I loved everything about it. And obviously, Kobe Bryant, you know, I mentioned earlier, he was my favorite athlete. And not knowing it at the time, I would just—I just loved the way Kobe approached the game. I had all his shoes from when he was with Adidas, and then when he went to Nike. I just loved his game, and he was my favorite player. So that's what drove me towards playing basketball. I wanted to be just like him. And then, as the Pistons won the championship, you know, that's when LeBron started coming into the league. I became a big fan of his. And being friends, being best friends with Jordan Dumars, I got a lot of chances and opportunities to go to Pistons games and be around Chauncey Billups, Richard Hamilton, Rasheed Wallace, Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace, I'm still close to with to this day. And just being around those guys was just so awesome for my growth and my maturity as an athlete. But just to see how they got a chance to work every single day and be around them, I think that formed my subconscious mind that I wanted to be a pro athlete. And then playing with Draymond and AAU, that's where we first met And we also played against each other in high school, and they—I mean—they waxed us. They, they took us. They took us to school, but we we developed a little bit of a friendship there, and our friendship blossomed when we both went to Michigan State. We ended up living in the same apartment building for a year or two, and you know that's where our relationship really took off. And you know, he's one of my best friends, and he's like a brother to me.
0: How did playing basketball in that background help you most in developing into a wide receiver in the NFL?
1: Just all the skills, you know, using crossovers, using different moves in basketball, you can kind of relate that and translate that to the football field. So I think all sports go hand in hand. You know, football can help basketball players, tennis can help football players, tennis can help basketball players. I think a lot of sports just go hand in hand. So... A lot of, some of the moves that I developed as a basketball player, I used on the football field as a receiver at the line of scrimmage.
0: So why did you end up choosing to play college football rather than college basketball? Because I know you had some good opportunities in both.
1: Yeah, I had some good opportunities in both, but the opportunity to play at a high D1 level and in front of 80,000 to 100,000 fans and being, and being only an hour away from home is the reason why I chose Michigan State, and that's the reason why I chose football, because football, I had, I had natural ability, and I had to develop as a receiver, but the fact that I could go high major D1 is the reason why I chose to go in the football route, and it hasn't disappointed me yet.
0: And you picked Michigan State specifically. I know you mentioned being close to home. What else went into that decision for you? What else got you sold on Michigan State?
1: When I went up to my visit, the way Coach D approaches his players and approaches the program, it reminds me a lot of the way I grew up. And my parents preached a lot on discipline, being respectful, treating everybody the same. You're going to have to work for everything. At Michigan State, everything is earned, nothing is given, and that's how life is. And a lot of the skills that I saw Coach D representing, I felt like, would not only help me on the field, but they would help me off the field as a man, and that's the reason why I chose to go to Michigan State.
0: Well, playing at Michigan State, what do you think was your favorite memory under Coach D'Antonio?
1: No, I've had so many. You know, the Little Giants play at, when when we beat Notre Dame in 2010, that's actually the night he had a heart attack and we ended up having a interim coach, or Coach Don Treadwell, stepped up for a couple games, but that was the first year we won the Big Ten Championship. That's a great memory, but I would probably have to say my my favorite memory was winning the 100th Rose Bowl. That was a goal and a dream of ours when I was getting recruited by Coach D, and to win that Rose Bowl in my senior year was just an amazing an accomplishment, not only for the program, but the seniors and Me individually, just because that's what Coach D sought out. I'll never forget his recruiting pitches. Like, you know, I want to take this team and this program to the Rose Bowl. We haven't, they hadn't been, we hadn't been to the Rose Bowl in 20 plus years. And the fact that my senior class and that team was able to accomplish that and win the Big Ten championship outright was just such an amazing accomplishment. But just being around those guys and the relationships that I developed at Michigan State, that would probably be the best as well. That, that would probably be tied, just because I have so many relationships that I developed up there and friendships that, I, that, will last, that will last a lifetime.
0: Well, after you played in college, it's very hard to get to the NFL, and I think a little harder when you don't get drafted. So being an undrafted player, how did you pave your way into the league and earn a spot?
1: By hard work. You know, I was fortunate enough to have <clears throat> some offers as a free agent you know I probably had about 15 plus offers as a free agent as a preferred free agent and Detroit the, the Detroit Lions offered me the most money but I had been living in Michigan my whole life and I felt like I needed to take myself and go out and stretch myself and take a risk and, and go out there to Denver and I told myself if I can play with Peyton Manning and, and I can gain the trust of a guy like that. I can play anywhere in the league. So I decided to go out there. I got cut and got put on the practice squad, and I was on the practice squad, and I developed my skills going against guys like Chris Harrison a key to lead every single day, turned me into an NFL-type receiver. And then that next year, making the team and then winning the Super Bowl and you know, just being around guys like Peyton Manning and, Demarius, Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Vaughn, Miller, DeMarcus, where I just learned so much from those guys. So they kind of helped me pave the way. I had people, I had great people to look up to. So I chose, going to Denver was the right decision for me in terms of having the right people to look up to that actually helped me pave my own way into being in the NFL.
0: And you mentioned you played in Super Bowl 50 for the Broncos, a championship win against the Panthers. It's a huge game for you being part of such a talented Broncos team. You caught a two-point conversion that gave the Broncos a 14-point lead and sealed off the game. Can you take me through that moment from your perspective?
1: It was an incredible moment. It's a surreal moment. Just the fact that who I was on the field with, you know, Cam Newton won the MVP that year. Uh, This could have been Peyton's last game. It It ended up being Peyton's last game. But there's so many legendary players on that field. And the fact that I, you know, Peyton entrusted me and told me, you know, hey, work your guy and I'm throwing you the ball, that the fact that he trusted me in that situation in that big of a moment just meant a lot to me. And it also meant a lot to me that the fact that I delivered and I had a helping hand in winning that Super Bowl. So things like that, it's just – it's hard to put into words just because the feelings that you have – It's hard to describe to people. You just have to feel it, and that was just such an incredible moment and feeling for me in my life.
0: And that play ended up being Peyton Manning's final pass, final completion. How would you describe your experience catching passes and playing alongside of him? What made him such a special guy and a special first quarterback for you in the NFL?
1: Peyton just had so many things going for him, and he was just such a great player, but he was an even better person, and I know a lot of people say that, but... you know, I do a lot of reading and John Maxwell is a guy who has written a lot of books on leadership and, and communication and, and connecting with other people. And John Maxwell wrote a book and the title of the book is everybody communicates few connect. And in his book, he talks about connecting being the, the ability to identify and relate to people in such a way that you influence them. And that's exactly what Peyton did. And I'll never forget Coming into that locker room on that first day, you know, it's like being in, the, it's like going on your first day of school. You have all these nerves. You're wondering how people are going to accept you. Are going to, are they going to think you're cool? Are they going to listen to what you have to say? How are they going to accept you? And him coming up to me and introducing himself to me, not only me but the rest of the rookies that year, made me feel a part of the team on the first day. And leadership is influence, and he influenced me. I would have done anything in my power to make sure I was in the right spot, catching the ball, whatever it was, because I because of the way he connected with me. And I think that's super important for people to understand, especially in a time right now, is that we are all leaders and leadership is influence and Peyton connecting to, to people, not only just players and not just players and coaches, but you know, he knew everybody in the building by their first name, from the PR staff to the kitchen staff to the janitorial staff. Because he knows that and he understands that in order to be successful in life, you're going to need the help of other people. And that's one of the best things that I learned from him.
0: Well, I'm curious as to how do you earn the trust from a guy like Peyton Manning to where in a situation like that, in the Super Bowl, in a key moment, he knows that if he throws you the ball, you're going to catch it, you're going to make the play. How do you earn his trust?
1: Just by working hard and being accountable just being there every single day putting in the work every single day making sure you're studying but it's an everyday thing and <clears throat> success doesn't happen in a day it happens every single day so me catching that pass that didn't come on that day that came from work in the summer extra work after practice with Peyton talking in the film room that's what that's what led to that so that's where he that's where we gained the trust and that's where he gained his trust to to trust me
0: and you've now caught passes. you played with the Giants for the past couple of seasons. You caught passes from both Manning brothers, Peyton and Eli. You're one of four players to do that. We know Peyton's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. You told me before we started the interview you think Eli should be a Hall of Famer. Make the case for him. Why do you believe that?
1: I mean, he's top 10 in all passing categories, and he has two Super Bowls and a Super Bowl MVP. I mean, it speaks for itself. It's just who he is as a leader and what he's done for the game. His Iron Man streak, I think he went like 230 games with 230 straight starts. That just shows who he is as a player. He's always accountable. He's always there. He's a great leader. He's a great person. Everything that he's done off the field for people. But when it comes down to it, it comes down to win. And in the biggest moments... And in the playoffs, he always delivers. And that's what it's about. It's about championships. And he has two championships, a Super Bowl MVP, and he's beaten the Patriots twice in the Super Bowl. And they're one of the greatest dynasties of all time.
0: Most definitely. I agree with you. So playing the last couple of seasons in New York, what's been your favorite moment there and your favorite in the time with the Giants?
1: I would just say the relationships that I developed... We, we didn't win a lot out there, but I got a chance to play with some Hall of Fame talented talent players such as Eli, you know, he's a Hall of Famer to me and in my eyes, and I think he will be a Hall of Famer. But then getting a chance to play with a guy like Odell Beckham, Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepherd, I mean, these guys are incredible athletes and incredible human beings. That was some of my favorite parts about playing in games with those guys is that those guys, those guys do some incredible things that I've never seen before, so that, you know, those are some of my favorite moments about being in New York.
0: You've recently written and released a book, Silver Spoon, The Imperfect Guide to Success. What motivated you to write that book?
1: I was in a time I was in a situation similar to what we're going through now, and I, was, I had signed with the Chicago Bears in 2018, and they had gave me some pretty good money up front. And I thought I was going to be a part of that team. And going through the preseason, the preseason was going really well. I hadn't missed a training camp practice at all. And at the end of the preseason, my girlfriend and I were downtown Chicago, who is now my fiancé. We were downtown. And that next morning after that last preseason game, I got a call and that I had been released. And that was just such a hard time for me. Because I had, I hadn't gotten that call in five years. I didn't understand what was going on. There were so many questions in my mind. Like, why is this happening? I'm sad. I'm angry. And then there's the fact of the uncertainty and doubt. Like, will I get picked up off waivers today by another team? And it ended up being the fact that I was at home for three to four weeks just working out, trying to figure out what's next. And in that crazy time, in that crisis of a time for me individually, that's where – the idea of the book came, the the idea of the title came, and just wanting to, wanted to share all my experiences with people on how I got to where I've gotten, but also the experiences of some of my friends and how they became successful.
0: What do you think someone can gain from picking up the book? I know you've got a lot of wisdom in there.
1: I think people can gain the fact that it doesn't matter what you want to do in life. You're going to have to pick or you're going to have to have these certain principles and values like goal setting. You're going to have to understand that you're a leader, work ethic, setting goals, being disciplined, handling adversity, and also handling success. But there is no perfect way to success, and success is defined how you want to define it, not how somebody else wants to define it. But everybody has the same 24 hours. How are you going to use your 24 hours to get where you want to get?
0: Awesome, Benny. That's all the questions I had for you. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Hey, man, thank you. I appreciate you having me. Stay safe out there. Spread more love, spread positivity. I just want to say thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Luke Winstall Show. Be sure to follow the podcast on social media at Luke Winstall Show on all platforms. That concludes this episode. Check back next week for more content.